welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libation. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lacing. And this is Life Pairings. Because life is hard. So pair with alcohol. Okay, I've got the five. And the eight, the four, and uh, never mind, I lost. Oh, as today's life pairing is lotteries with Dom Perignon. We discuss storks, decimation, and shotguns, baby. Ooh, I wonder what <laughs> kind of shotgun. I'll never know. And <laughs> you know you. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, what's a lottery? Uh, this, yeah. is a, this is a big thing in everybody's lives. I'm obsessed with lotteries. And especially like lottery winners, because it seems kind of like a shit show. Kind of, yeah. Do you uh, play the lottery? I don't. I thought about it. My husband was like, "You didn't buy a ticket just for this episode." I was like, "Ah, oh, damn it." Oh yeah, me either. But sometimes I do. Hey, listen, you can't win if you don't buy a ticket. That's right. I mean, sometimes I enter like the fifty fifties at um, sports events. Hey man, and... I'm all, I'm always interested in a meat draw. If you're oh. if I'm at a legion and there's a meat draw, that <laughs> causes me stress because I'm like, how do I get the meat home? I, you know what? If you if if you know a good legion man, they'll keep it in there for you, and you can pick it up the next day. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do scratch off tickets at Christmas. I like scratch off tickets. I like I like pull tab tickets. Also, those are uh those are from the uh. Once again, the Legion. A lot of Legion-related gambling. <laughs> well, you know, they gotta make money somehow. Um, in BC, this isn't a thing in Alberta. Typically, mm-hmm. I don't see it, but I see it everywhere in BC. Kino? Yep. Because they don't have VLTs in BC. Is that what it is? I think so. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like, I started noticing it when I was started going on the road, and I'd be in these tiny little bars and these shit places, you know, and I'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, they're like, oh, we can't turn off the keynote. Like, we can turn off the TVs, but we can't turn off right. the keynote. Yeah. Yeah, you're I right. Mean, I, didn't, I didn't really think about it, but yeah, they are in every pub. Yeah, every um, corner. I had to do, because I used to be a, uh, work in property management, so I actually had to do for Alberta, because we had a property here when I was in Vancouver. And uh, my boss asked me if I looked up the, could look up the guidelines on VLTs and the document mm-hmm. for VLTs, like that has all the laws and like how much space you need exactly, like to have certain VLTs and stuff, is also included with strippers. Interesting. So it's like, like I can't remember what they called it. They probably didn't call them strippers, but it was like VLTs and strippers, the bylaws. <laughs> They were like ladies of the night. You're like, yeah. I don't know if that's better, Jerry. Um, <laughs> so then my boss was like, Okay, did you figure out like what square footage we need or whatever? I was like, No, but I did find out that strippers are not allowed to touch each other and <laughs> <laughs> like all this other stuff. And he's like, Okay, well, that's not helpful. <laughs> well, it's actually it is interesting uh, uh, how they group things. Yeah. Any sort of liquor and gambling, there had there's really like specific laws about liquor being served in a gambling or gambling in a yeah. liquor facility. Like, and it's different in every province, and it's different down in the um the U.S. as well. Like, gambling is like a totally different thing. Yeah, casino the big casinos where you go play like blackjack and stuff like that. Yeah, 
like you don't really see them all i always see them in montana and it says it says casino and it's just like 15 vlts because you can't have them in a bar interesting they also have a lot of the same things with like the strippers again like that's liquor and strippers yeah and that's different especially in the states like some places you can't take your underwear off Liquor. Not you as the person watching. Yeah, yeah. never take I, your underwear off. I've always tried to take my underwear off at the strippers, <laughs> and they get so pissed at me. And they're like, "You want some liquor?" I'm like, "I barely know her." Um, so dumb. Listen, it's yeah, it's oh, it's interesting. Gambling. Like, yeah, or, gam- or sorry, we're not talking about because we want to do a separate gambling episode, oh, basically, yeah. so that we can go to just the casino. So that. we can go to the casino. We, oh, we should do a stripping episode. Oh <laughs> so yeah, that'd strippers. be fun. That sounds good. Um, but yeah, lotteries are, I mean, they call it the idiot tax, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, it's very classist. Yeah. Well, it is because it's just like, wouldn't you like to feel like this? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you love to pay your bills on time? <laughs> yeah. You're, the place you buy them, it's, you know, it's going to be 7-Eleven or like, you know. Yeah. Well, so- this is my lottery trick. It's never won. Right. Uh, but my dad, always, my dad always says, oh, you always win the lottery in the weirdest places. Like somebody will win it in Pla- Mount Pleasant, Saskatchewan or something. Right. So anytime I'm on the road and I'm like, go, if I'm getting gassing up at like some small gas station, I'll always buy like 40 bucks for the lottery tickets. But oh yeah. Yeah. It just says like, uh, well, you're support. I think I'm not sure, but are you supporting, supporting the local community? Uh, I don't believe so. Probably the gas is, but I don't know about the lottery. <laughs> I guess it goes to the province, right? Yeah, I think I think all that money goes to the the province or that specific thing. Like I think that's just like a draw to go into the gas station right. and buy buy other stuff. But yeah, oh yeah, I'm not I'm not 100 percent on that. I spend 40 bucks on lottery and 60 bucks on gas, and I'm like, oh god, there's nothing I love more than driving to Saskatchewan and breaking even. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, is the okay. idiot tax for sure. Hey, hey. Um, I've literally never won more than like 20 bucks. Oh, I think I won five bucks off a scratch off ticket once. Yeah. Uh, I've won more in a VLT, but that's a different episode. But like, yeah, yeah, these these like, um, or like betting shops. I've won more money, which is a UK thing. A betting shop. What's a betting shop? Oh, so they're like all over the UK. It's where you go and you bet on like who wins American Idol. This was for like a horse race that everybody watches. It's um, so fun. So you go in, you make a bet, and then you get a ticket, and then you go and watch the thing, and then you come back. So you can basically bet on, I think you can bet on anything there. Whereas here, it. it's very, like, I think you can now bet, it. you can now bet on hockey, I think. Uh, right? Yeah, well, there's the, like, there's the uh, sports selects that you can yeah. bet. And I think that's hockey, football, any of that kind of stuff. And it's all, like, point ranges and stuff, but. But I don't think you can vote or you can't gamble on who is going to get the Iron Throne in Game of Thrones or something. No. Well, you can do that in Vegas for sure. Yeah. And I think you can do it all over the UK. But yeah, they're just, they have them. I think they're called like Patty Power or like they have all these kind of, it's it's a weird, it's a weird thing. That's but now what we're talking about again, sorry. Uh, but, oh man, this is a, but this is a hard episode to stay focused. <laughs> it's because we're dreaming. We're dreaming big. Oh, you were saying dreaming. I thought you were going to say drinking. And I was going to be like, no. yes, I, I have. We also are drinking big. <laughs> I was like, hard for me to focus, but easy for me to flab my mouth. <laughs> I am. 
Uh, yeah, dude, it's interesting. Like, so actually, uh, uh, full transparency here. Carla actually sent me all my uh, research this time. Well, not all of it, but some of it. And uh, she sent me a really I, cool. I didn't even read it, so I think you just read the headline. Uh, hopefully, it's relevant. It is relevant, and it's actually really interesting. So here's here here's a thing that we can kind of focus in on for the psychology. So mm. I think it's probably straightforward why people. Um, play the lottery i mean that's like that's not a big psychological mystery no it's like a a lot like a high yeah it's a high it's a chance at a better future it's a it's it's it gives you hope and Mm -hmm. and, you know and it sometimes honestly like and i'm i don't know if i'm ashamed to admit this or (laughs) or just like whatever i'm sure everybody feels like this but sometimes you're like this is the one yeah and there is a certain high that resonates like with like waiting for for the numbers to be called and and, and so it's not yeah it's what's, what's that called the um uh not extended gra- gra- gratification not instant gratification but like when you wait for it oh yeah um i'm not I sure what that's called. i'm like uh, i think there's a sexual technique that this um is based upon but <laughs> yes uh, yeah it's like karma sutra <laughs> yeah exactly it's like de- oh delaying of gratification or whatever oh, so you buy the ticket and then you like what have like a week or whatever maybe yeah and you're uh, kind of and you think about it like it's like in your wallet yeah. and you're like oh i'm gonna i can't wait sometimes even i'll let it go longer right like i don't look at the numbers and i'm like oh they already called it there isn't a winner oh i'll wait it's almost yeah. like this like oh, yeah it's like this little pocket of hope. And then you're yeah. just like, oh, lost again. And I'm yeah. out the 20 bucks I spent on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so uh, this article focuses just a little bit more on the other side of things. If you do win. Mm. So it, it is entitled uh, pretty simply, why do 70% of lottery winners end up bankrupt? Oh, great. Yeah, so I'm kind trying- of obsessed with this subject. I don't know why. So I can surmise this or I can read it verbatim. Um, uh, in case I'm not allowed to do that, I will quote the, okay. the source, which is from <laughs> cleveland.com, uh, the business section, I would imagine. It's just the business section of uh, the Cleveland uh, newspaper. So uh, here, I might just read it verbatim because it's pretty. Okay. the whole article is pretty interesting, to be honest with you. Right. Um, it seems difficult to believe the lucky winners, possibly three of Wednesday's one5 Billion Powerball, billion dollar Powerball jackpot will probably billion. Yup, that's the thing about the states; they have billion dollar uh, Powerballs. Shit. So they get like maybe ten million at best. Yeah, sometimes they'll they'll be like a sixty million dollar one, but it's because like it hasn't been claimed for three Mm. weeks or something. The max or the um the lotto max up in Canada is seemingly the highest one. Typically the six forty nine is a little lower. And then there's like a Western one. Like, so it's each province probably has their own ones as well. Right. Yeah. So where you could only win in Alberta, you can only win in BC. And then that lowers the, the prize, but it also higher, you know, you have a higher chance of winning it. Right. But down in the state, they have these Powerball ones. So this particular one that they're referencing was $1.5 billion. Ugh. So they oh the winners possibly three of uh, Wednesday's one point five billion dollar Powerball jackpot will probably go bankrupt within five years. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> that shocks me. Uh, <laughs> in fact, Carla, about seventy percent of people who win a lottery or go onto a big windfall actually end up broke within a few years. They say, how is that possible? People 
who were little ordinary people all of a sudden become extraordinary, says Steve Lewitt. Uh, I, I assume that's Levitt, but there is a W in there. The CEO of the Wealth Financial Group in Chicago says they are euphoric. They'll lose all sense of reality. They think they're invincible and powerful, and they think they're Superman. The biggest Aww. problem with uh, several financial advisors agrees that lottery winners give away too much of their money to family and friends. Yeah. Which is actually not something I would have thought would be the reason for them going broke, but they go on to say once family and friends learn of the windfall, they have expectations of what they should be entitled to, and many of those expectations are not rational, says Charles Conrad, senior financial planner with the uh, SARS Tech Financial North in North Olmsted. It can be very difficult to say no. The easy solution would be to rely on a third party to act as a gatekeeper, Conrad says. But That's many lottery one. winners do not turn anyone into or don't turn to anyone to intercept the flood of requests from all their close, that's in quotations, friends and relatives. So the same thing. Right, but I guess that applies- happens to, to, sorry, to like people, you hear about it all the time, like musicians or that's, actors or. That's and legit the next their, Yes. They're so. like this, the often, the, the same thing applies to professional athletes who get huge contracts. So that's the thing is like, you know, and that's true. Like, you know, if you're sometimes like a cousin wins the lottery or you're just like, you're thinking, oh man, it's time to cash in, baby. They got millions. Yeah. There's just something about familiar, the family obligations. Well, they, they're like, yeah. And guilt because you're on, because I think those are the people you love the most and you really don't want to hurt anybody. And the, mm-hmm. you also have these childhood connections to these people where you're like, oh, that person truly changed my diapers or raised me or yeah. was a part of my life in this uh, significant way. So you start wanting to like think about, for me in my head, I always start thinking about how it would change their lives. Like right. I have a lot of like aunts and uncles and I start to think like they're all in their like late 60s how would it change their life if they like didn't have to worry about the next little bit of their lives most of them are okay because they're retired and stuff like that but but then i guess the problem is is where does that stop where does it stop and when does it stop because it you know it certainly doesn't stop after a year yeah or a car or like if you want to materialize it like and not and not put a time stamp on it like what what is enough Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm so I think that's that's where the problem, you know, sort of spirals out of control is like, who is enough? Like, where does the, where do I stop at? Like, where do I start making, drawing lines in the sand? Yeah. And then with the people I have selected to now come on my rich ass sweet journey with me, <laughs> <laughs> when does that, when does the buck stop? Because, yeah. because you know what, how it happened? You start to get, um, you would start to get bitter. Yeah. Because, like, why am I picking up every check at every dinner? Yeah, and you start to be, like, even though you, even though that's not your money, it's got your name on it, you start feeling like you're carrying the buck. Well, and I think, too, probably there's an aspect of, because it's the lottery, it's not like you, you earned that money. It's not like you worked really, really hard. Maybe you worked really hard. (laughs) Maybe you did work, maybe you did work really, really hard your whole life. Most yeah. people are working hard. There's not a yeah. lot of people who aren't working hard. So then when you think like, okay, I want all this money. But I guess what I kind of mean is that from another person's perspective, they're seeing it as like a lucky windfall. 
something yeah. that just happened to you. So therefore, it's fine for me to ask him up for money because it was it never could have happened to me. Away. It just it happened to you. Yeah, you didn't swing a hammer one million times for that million dollars. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's actually a fair judgment, but I wonder if that kind of comes up in that brain. I bet it bit. does. I bet it doesn't. You know, the coin lands where it lands. Yeah. So yeah. it's 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 funny to me. So I think you're totally right on that. I think people would start to get weird about it. They'd be like, "Yo, you just like owe me money." Yeah. Um. So, anyways, this is a, this. Carla, good topic. This is a good hey. one you picked. I'm, I'm so excited. excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, so once uh, the new millionaires start giving away the money, it's uh, sorry, I'm back to the article now. <laughs> yeah. yep. um, once the million new millionaires start giving away the money, it's difficult to reverse the course and turn off the, the spigot, they say. Um, yeah. This guy, he uh, he's a financial planner. His name's Scott Snow, who had a South Ulysses client who won more than $100 million in the Mega Millions lottery a decade ago. Right. His name was, uh, and he lost all that money. <laughs> yeah. And another guy says, uh, uh, in, in, in the contrary, this other fella won all this money, but he started, he, he decided to like get a team together. Right. So they're saying like a lot of people don't get teams together. So what you actually need if you have that kind of money, like if you have a hundred million dollars, you need a lawyer. Yeah. You need an attorney to like help you with that shit. Yeah. You need a financial advisor. Yes. Um, you need, so what, cause what happens is if like, if you don't, if you've never had that kind of money, you don't know. Well, you what have to no do. idea. And you probably don't have any connections. Like you can't just go ask your neighbor. Hey, uh, who, what a uh, GIC do you invest in? In uh, literally no one knows like it's also just like a, a, a big thing that happens up here in alberta is like people go up to work in up in the oil um mm. field mm-hmm. and they buy snowmobiles and, and also a lot of the times they're 20 too so it's huge not... trunk. No, a lot of times they're not oh <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times these are 40 year old men making these decisions who are mm-hmm. like this year i made three hundred thousand dollars and i don't have you know you know that's it's new to me so i don't have the skills to deal with that kind of money exactly yeah and and that's essentially what's happening here is they say like you don't have financial advisors you don't have bankers you don't have like uh, lawyers and you just start buying things that depreciate way too easily yes because this is the thing is actually the only way to really be rich is to have money because money makes money mm -hmm. you can buy property but sometimes that doesn't work out well hey uh you guys see the hurricanes that keep blowing through people's backyards yeah real bummer real bummer fires and yeah there were fire tornadoes and god damn that's scary (laughs) um but yeah so they buy like and like uh, depreciating assets are things like cars vacations gifts uh, literally i don't think vacations depreciate you have your memories forever (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah oh did i say depreciate i meant uh appreciate vacations <laughs> i appreciate vacations is what i meant to say okay. uh, <laughs> but so that's the thing too and then also there it's the idea of not having any concept mm-hmm. of what that money is yeah so, like you hear all these things how much is a billion dollars like these little like drawings and memes and stuff they'll be like oh yeah you had a good one that compared it to time or something oh yeah 
I can't yeah. remember what it was, but it was like a million is like a day and a billion or no, a million is like an hour and a billion is like a week or something crazy. A billion was like 10 years or something. It was yeah. something, it was something astronomically different than a million. So and there's like, tax implications on all this stuff. Oh my God. It's crazy. Like, like if you, if you have, if all of a sudden you have this money, first of all, the U S takes 50%. Right. So if you win the lottery, 50% is immediately gone. Yeah. Um, so bye. And yeah. then uh, like 50% of 1.5 billion. <laughs> That's so much money. I know. Um, here's one, a fun one. Uh, you could stack $1.5 billion worth of $1 bills and it would reach a hundred miles high. Or you mm. could spend $30,000 a day and never run out of money. Oh, I can 100% do that. <laughs> well, like, if you let were, me try. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let me try. Please let me try. <laughs> Surely I could run out of money. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the big thing that they're saying here is just like the person who is receiving this money or perhaps inheritance or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. um, they really don't know what this money means and they don't know how much it is and they don't know how much you could spend and it's because it's not anything that's ever, they've ever done before. Yeah. For in terms of like entitlement and stuff like that, it's it's typically the people around the winner, not necessarily the winner. Yeah, definitely. So and it sucks that for I, don't know, I was going to mention this in the interesting facts, but I'll, most places you have to uh, you cannot remain anonymous. Yeah, which is awful. Yeah. Now, like, everyone you've ever worked with, every family mm-hmm. member, every friend, that means you, like, can't go for a steak without a waitress looking at you in your hometown and being like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, without, yeah. you know, you didn't tip me $3,000. Yeah. Yeah. So, there like, was actually a, sorry. I'm no, in, no, but, no, no, um, no. I think there was a couple in BC or Alberta or something. They, there's, like, a, a time, time that you can stay anonymous for and then you have to do like say the thing yeah i think it was like a year and they very smartly uh managed to get all of their affairs in order and like get all the money sorted out and doing all the stuff before they revealed who that they'd won that's an amazing idea like invested and like put it into accounts untouchable accounts and put it into like but i mean like what's your first reaction gonna be when you win that kind of money it's gonna be screaming about it down the street well, I don't know. I, I I honestly put a lot of thought into this. I don't think I tell anybody for a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know what? I I've looked. I, I think about this so much that I I know that you have to drive up to Edmonton to get the money. Mm-hmm. So you can't get it well, from here. Okay. Um. So you'd have to drive. So that would be your first thing to do. But none of that <laughs> money like comes in right away, right? Yeah, because there's. I don't know how it works with lotteries, but. I know that like this sometimes there's uh, taking the full amount or taking it in portions. You can take it. You can take like a thousand dollars a day, or you can take like it's like all the, or a week rather. And I think you always take the lump sum, right? I think so because yes. you never know if you're gonna kick the bucket. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, that, I'm gonna talk about that later. But um, the other thing too is that that money is not based on inflation. Yeah, and also if you put that lump sum in the bank, you can make an incredibly exactly larger yeah. amount. So like the lump sum is the bigger one to take. And then in Canada, you don't have to pay tax on the lottery winnings. Oh, I didn't know that. No, it's considered a gift. So it's like or okay. like a, a gift and lottery are in the same sort of tax bracket and you don't have to pay taxes on it. 
Right. But so, if you win a house, which is another, like the first stampede oh, time, yeah. one of the big lotteries is you can win a house or a boat or whatever. You get taxed um, on that. You don't get taxed on that, but then you have to pay property taxes. And a lot of the times these places are in like Penticton or like Kelowna. So yeah. people suddenly have a house, which is great, but then they have to pay for the maintenance of that house and they and, don't get the money on that. And there's also just like the funny thing is about that is often um, times the people aren't wealthy enough to one pay the taxes or mm. the uh, the how about lake fees in the community oh. or you know just your energy bills or you know like well, even just driving of- out if it's if you're in Calgary and you have to drive to Kelowna and that's where your house is that's expensive or even just like they're not you know they're like huge properties and now you have the lawn care and the yeah it's like it comes with its own little tax like yeah don't enter any of the house lotteries get a boat <laughs> uh, <we don't- laughs> my answer to everything is just get a boat yeah well hey I always heard the uh the old adage it's better to it's better to be the guy who shows up on the boat with the beer than own the boat <laughs> I know my boss used to tell me he said never buy anything that f- floats flies or fucks <laughs> that is great advice actually yeah uh, my aunt told me one time keep your pants up and your shirt down and you should be all right but that's different advice <laughs> for a different day yeah um, I know. You are. um sorry i keep interrupting you no that was i mean that's pretty much pretty much the end of that i mean yeah. it really is just like an insane everyone deals with it you know, it comes attached to who you are as a person, what your hopes and dreams were, what your, I think, I think also part of it is like sort of knowing you'll never win. Like that isn't, yeah. you know, like there's a hope to it, but there's also the part where you're like, I'll never actually win the lottery. Which it actually sounds very stressful. So I don't know if I want to win the lottery. I would, I, this is, I mean, thing. I'm not going to turn the money then, let's be honest, but. Oh yeah. Sorry stressful. to go back to go to go back to like what, what I would do. Like, I honestly think like if I could what I would do is I would claim the money figure that out yeah get in touch with people who could help me figure out what to do with it you know what I mean because I do think it would take a while to come in so it's not like one day you're poor one day you're rich I think it's like a there is a waiting period right um and then I would secretly start paying off shit Right. Like I would pay off my house, my parents' house, my brother's house. And then I would just, then I would start like, you know, I'd be like, okay, let's now put this money in where no one can ask for more. Right. Like this, I'm, is, this is what I decided I was doing. This decision has been made. I wasn't looking for your inform- your consultation <laughs> and you're fucking lucky to have me. So how about a yeah. hug? <laughs> yeah. I think I would use it. This sounds very, uh, um selfish but uh, to be fair like a lot of my family is it's fine yeah they're generally better off than i am but that's because i podcast and write (laughs) sci-fi so (laughs) um but but i would mostly i would spend it on vacations and just like be like oh if you want money you can come on vacation with me (laughs) that's actually always a dream of mine as well like Mm. i have this like secret fantasy of like getting everybody to come to this like retreat and like it's all paid for and like every single part of your day is just whatever the fuck you want it to be and there's like a party zone so if you don't want to be part of the party zone 
you can like go get a massage or you can meditate or you can like yeah. go to hot springs or you can oh it's i already have this plan for my 40th birthday and i do not have the money to, to do this <laughs> so unfortunately you guys are just gonna have to uh, buck up for that. yeah sorry. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry i'm just gonna make you come to mexico with me and oh be like God. you have to pay for everything okay bye you're like okay crap i'll be like oh no um <laughs> So start saving now, Brittany. But if I like, like I, I would put away. Like if I, I mean, a billion dollars. Come on, mm. surely you could buck up and take everybody you knew on a vacation. I mean, I spend a lot of money on clothes, so I don't think I actually would do that. I would buy a boat. Obviously, I'd probably buy four boats. I should so just not be giving money. Of. That's the thing. Don't yeah. give me money. I don't want a boat. Okay. History. I don't think I've talked about this subject before. Ooh. um, So not Queen Vic? (laughs) She doesn't even feature it. Neither does Syphilis. I was going to say, who Um, was our new Queen Vic? Who did we keep bringing up? Syphilis. It was Syphilis. syphilis. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he's a king or a prince. Prince Syphilis? Uh, King Syph. King of the Sith. But I feel like I have done this topic before, so I'm sorry if this is repetitive, but I don't have a backup plan, so just listen. Here it is. I'm going to talk about uh, the Great Stork Lottery. Okay. Have you heard about this before? Nope, but I heard you say Stork at the beginning, and that excited me. (laughs) Uh, So Charles Vance Miller was a Canadian lawyer uh, who amassed a fortune of more than $10 million in today's money. Uh, he was president of O'Keefe's Brewing Company. He was a successful racing stable owner. This is in Toronto. Um, oh, a Canadian story. A Canadian story. Uh, but he had no heirs. So, October 31st, 1926, Charles Vance dies. Charles Vance Miller dies. He leaves a bit of a will. He gives shares in a jockey club to people who oppose gambling. Interesting. He gives shares to his brewery to teetotaling religious leaders, so people that don't drink. He gave a house that he had in Jamaica to three men who hate each other on the condition that they own it together. <laughs> so This guy's a bit of a dinkosaurus. <laughs> yes. Um... And but that still left nine million dollars in Canadian or sorry in Canadian money, in Canadian money, but also uh, like as of like now time now nine, nine million now. I was oh nine million like in now money. In now money, yeah. but also just like if you say in Canadian dollars, the Americans are like so nine dollars. You're like shut <laughs> up. <laughs> so no money. Um, his will stated that this nine million dollars or whatever it was then. They didn't. Oh, I found a lot of articles that would not tell me the money back then. So, anyways, I guess it doesn't sound as exciting. But would be bequeathed a decade later to quote the mother who has since my death given birth in Toronto to the greatest number of children, as shown by the registrations under the Vital Statistics Act. That's crazy. <laughs> That's yeah. I just take a minute for me to hear it. I was yeah, like, well, oh my I, god. We kinda have to break it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, if there was a tie, then his fortune would be divided amongst the winners. Basically what it was is 
you had 10 years from the time that he died in 1926 on October 31st to have the most children in that 10 years and then you would get the money. So I guess you'd have 10 kids would be the most you could have, right? Well, so I think they figured out... Oh, that's out... not true. If you had twins or something like that, right? Yes. So there's a lot of factors that go into this. Um, but you have to remember, too, breastfeeding, like we talked about, that's actually uh, a really good contraceptive. Right. So you could you would, like, maybe not want to breastfeed. You'd maybe not want to... And, like, you kind of are traumatized down there. Um, um, so you don't I also really want to, like... like... It, this is my favorite thing. I think it's so funny when people revert, uh, refer to genitalia as down there. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why. Because I guess, yeah, we don't like say our, to our feet, they're like, oh, our, our uh, walky toes down there. Oh, you know where, you, and then they always point, that's my favorite thing, you know, down there. <laughs> You're like, oh, the old bat cave, yeah, got her. The bat cave, yeah. Yeah. The bat cave has gone through some renovations recently. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, you maybe don't want to have sex and or put another <laughs> new renovation in. Good grief. Uh, so kind of going back to his will, though, uh, this property in Jamaica had actually been sold two years before. A lot of the stocks that he gave away were either worthless or there was loopholes that were found to sell them so that they could sell them right away. So that takes out a little bit of the fun sassiness. I like the giving um, people that don't drink shares in brewery because it, well not that they don't drink but that they were like yeah yeah, yeah. they will they were like they, leaders of the anti-drinking thing which is funny because he was just sort of being like uh he was just being a contrarian he was like yeah oh i'm just gonna like oh i own a brewery how about giving it to the people who didn't drink like it's like yeah hey you're not quite as deep as you think it is no it's it's sassy he's a bit sassy yeah um so the contest this actually they tried to go through various legal things family members obviously like a lot of lottery stuff just showed up out of the middle of nowhere saying that they they should have got the money um but anyways here's the stats families in the 1800s had five to six kids and a lot of that was to work on a farm so you actually the more children that you had back in the day the more labor hands you had <laughs> well yeah actually that that's the thing though people talk about like why there were so many kids like because like a farm was hard to run by your mm -hmm. own self mm -hmm. so like having six kids wasn't more out of necessity than it was out of preference yes and just uh to compare that to now the fertility rate so that's per person according to the world bank in can Canada, i guess is can i guess yeah okay hold yeah. on Fertility rate per person or yeah. per couple? No, per person is, I guess, how they do it. Uh, 1.5? Very close. 1.468. Oh, that's pretty close. Yeah. So basically what that means is that it's not quite... Well, no, that's replacement, isn't it? No. Uh, not quite. The, the I know that the statistic on uh, sovereignty of a country is 2.5 people per person. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. it's like the that's why the that's why Canada. Um, hey, for all you uh, losers out there who don't believe that we need uh, um, immigration, <laughs> mm -hmm. this is why because us as Canadians don't have uh, sustain enough uh, 
reproduction to remain sovereign as a nation. So we'll basically just, we literally don't have enough kids and enough people here to keep making the country. Does that mean that Queen Elizabeth <laughs> will take back the country? <laughs> and Well, no, it would just, I don't know. You would just like not have enough people to make things right work. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too big. It's too big of a place. And like, and to like maintain yeah. our quality of life, like each person should, uh, at least having be- two point. Did you say two point five? Yeah, it was two point five. So, so you but should be having two point five kids. Yeah, but we only have. You're you're saying now that there's only one point five being generated. So yeah. So like statistically, like if we want to remain a, a sovereign nation, um, we you have to have at least you have to have at least another person for every person that's here, mm. and not reproducing. You essentially have right. to have that person immigrate into the country, and that's right. what, and that's actually what we've been since the beginning of time, because that's mm-hmm. that's that's always been Canada's plan is to immigrate to Canada and create a nation. So. Yeah, yeah, we don't so, have a lot of. Shut up! Exactly, <laughs> and remember, there were people here before us. And yeah, and those away. people are actually should be the most upset about anybody coming. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, <laughs> cut it off!" Yeah. Um. In 1926, the average was 3.36. So, what happens in 1929? Oh, boy. I, I mean, what? Tell me. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's like when a, the, uh, the... Depression? Yes. Yeah. So, okay, the okay. stock market crashes. Okay. So, obviously, like, and a lot of the, the, the things that happen at that point is people move into cities. So, they're moving into places like Toronto. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't have farms because the farms were dying. Um and so the it goes from 3.36 in 1926 to 1934 uh 2.80 it was quite the drop yeah uh but it was because everybody was kind of like really fucked like we always hear about the depression in terms of like america but guess what oh when they were having like crazy what what, like the dust storms and stuff Mm mm-hmm there's not a border that's like a wall. That yeah. stuff happened up here too. So, oh yeah, it hit us best, just as badly uh, during the depression. More than twenty five percent of Toronto's population was on government relief. Yeah. So it wasn't great. And so if you had a ton of kids, which still this is a time where, and especially for like big Irish families who are Catholic, birth control is not an option. Oh yeah, God God hates condoms. Yeah. <laughs> God God hates seeing trees grow, so he loves to double the population. Mm-hmm. Uh so they actually don't know how many families would have attempted to win the fortune because basically what happened was most people waited until the end of the ten years to kind of enter. In 1932, the Ontario government tried to have the the will nullified and the funds go instead to University of Toronto, which seems kind of like a dick move. Like, I could 100% be like, okay, this doesn't really, this is maybe not the best public policy. But also, it's kind of funny because it's just like, that was my will and testament. Like, I mean, (laughs) yeah, you don't really can't just be like, we're just going to give it to the University of Toronto. I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. A pardon? Mm, we should maybe he just wants to give it to the breweries yeah uh so this is met with a huge public outcry and communism things were yelled and so nothing happened there 
but but what the the sort of um, this is a quote from the Globe newspaper: encouraging the birth of children without regard to their chances of life or welfare, and encouraging what no decent breeder of dogs would do. Oh yeah. So some people say that he was trying to call attention to the plight of people who did have very big families because they were all very a lot of most of them were very very poor and and a lot of them did not have access to birth control so some people say that that's what he was trying to do but I mean, we don't know he just put old, this stupid caveat in his will um the old pull-out method <laughs> <laughs> yeah good good as shown on bridgerton um or also just watch the jesus's magic special by sarah silverman she has some interesting mm. insight into the pull-out method so i think that would be of value to our listenership okay cool. okay <laughs> uh toronto's daily star started signing pregnant women to exclusivity agreements interesting so they would like get the story uh dion quintuplets do you know this mm-hmm. remember this yep i do that sounds familiar uh, so they were born in 1934. These are the, I think they were all girls, right? Five girls? Were yeah, born. it was five. Yep. And there was a big controversy about them. They were kind of treated like a sideshow. And you but know they... what's funny though? Like, I, and not sorry, I'm totally nope. interrupting, but midpoint. But the thing is that we still treat this like a sideshow. Like, you oh. know, John and eight or John oh. and K plus eight. That's a yep. sideshow. That's a, that's a, new, that's a new way of looking at people. And we've done it on such a more exploitive level. Like at yeah. least at a sideshow, you'd get to travel around the country. <laughs> and you were only on stage for a little bit. Yeah. Like this it probably is like, wasn't great, but you didn't have cameras in your home in your day to day. Like these guys yeah. are like, you know, gearing up, putting on there. just like, Hey, want to pretend that we all think the same thing like they could probably come up with a bid or something so yeah they do it on... i'm not glorifying the side no here. yeah uh, but yeah, i am exactly, i am but... sort of like contesting the the fact that we're not yeah we're, we're not doing anything place. different we're like hey how could we make this sideshow a little bit more like digestible <laughs> yes yeah, yeah yeah so they were born in 1934 so and i think that was also a big thing i can't remember i just remember this movie that like I'm sure it was like a CBC movie of the week or something that was on this, but the littlest um, hobo. <laughs> oh, is that what that's about? <laughs> um, but they were actually born in Calendar, Ontario, which I think is closer to maybe North Bay or Thunder Bay or something. Not um, in Toronto. Not of the famous Marie Calendar's pies. <laughs> Nope. Maybe. Yeah, different thing, different town. Got it. Could be, I don't know. Okay. Um, so they were not eligible for this, but it is interesting that they were around this time. Um, also super rare to have uh, even twins kind of back then. Right. Uh, so the contest closes on October 31st, 1936 at 4.30 p.m. I don't know why they picked that time. That seems weird, but... Uh, apparently it was 10 years exactly after Miller died. I don't know if maybe he died at 4.30 p.m. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Weird time yeah. 4.30, yeah, well. <laughs> it's- so by the deadline in 1936, more than two dozen families have welcomed at least eight babies in the last 10 years. So six families ended up filing for the funds, having had at least nine children under the age of 10. Um, Which that's a lot. That's a lot of, yeah, nine, so nine children under the age of 10? Yeah. Oh my good grief. Actually, you know what? It becomes almost like a clan 
like you're like yeah. well yeah then you get the older kids to take care of the younger, the younger kids, kids unfortunately kind of... you still have to feed and clothe all those children and also that poor woman's vagina like an oh. elephant's trunk Jesus good grief Christ, the trauma. distended and gray oh. just shooting out children that's not coming back no <laughs> no no that's broken that's that's been used written hard and put away wet yeah that poor thing <laughs> um one of the people, Pauline Clark, had 10 kids within the timeline, but the judge defined children as children or only as legitimate children. And some of hers were from out of wedlock. So apparently, we talked, I think it was last week, outside children. Oh, yeah. Outside children were not included or <laughs> bastards. We're not apparently real children. Right. Okay. Which I think uh, is not. I think so. But yeah, so there was this judge that was making all of these decisions on like who got to be. Again, it's it's all these choices are being made by like outside forces. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not really what he wanted, which I no. I, I, I have some uh, questions about what he did want, because I think he was just he was just I sort think of it was being funny. I think it was a bit of a joke. Yeah, yeah, like, he's just like, hey, I have a brewery, let's give all the money to people who don't drink. Hey, I yeah. did this, let's give it to people who don't believe in this. And maybe he did want to give it to, but why don't just give, why don't just give your money like right away to the family that has the most kids. Oh yeah, because I'm sure he enjoyed a, a thing. <laughs> a bit of a show. Bit of a show. Uh Lillian Kenny had yep. 11 of her 15 children were eligible. So this is the thing that you also have to remember is it wasn't just generally it was not going to be a childless woman that in 1926 decided, "Oh, I'm going to have 10 kids." It was people that probably already had a fairly big family and were just gonna have more kids anyways yeah so that's kind of the thing so like this woman had 15 children already um 11 of those would have been eligible except for mr dick judge comes out and (laughs) because three of them had been born stillborn Mm -hmm. and also one had died recently from rat bites due to the fact that they lived in poverty which maybe yeah. should kind Hold of on. tell that, you don't oh, we should just get some money rat bites yeah uh, i love it I they love didn't how, count yeah i love how you were just like stillborn i'm like yeah yeah, yeah. you're like rat bites anyways <laughs> next topic i'm like Hold on. <laughs> rat bites <laughs> yeah apparently that was a cause of death as a child in poverty oh my god and that's less than 100 years ago Jesus. in toronto Christ on a cross. This is the thing. People now are like, this is the funniest thing in the world to me. People are like, oh, that's worse than it's ever been. I'm like, it's Ugh. not. It's the best it's ever been. It's just we have a visibility to how bad it is all the time. But yeah, as we're a historian, not... it is the thing that makes me want to lay down and scream. Uh, well, it's, <laughs> it shouldn't because it's truly the best it's ever been. And we're collectively moving towards uh, a better life. However, yeah. still not great. But here's no. the thing. Rat bites as a cause of death? As a baby? How <laughs> how long do you have to leave your baby for it to die of rat bites? I don't know. Like, my nephew, I have to, if I have to poop, he has to come in the room with me. <laughs> I didn't know. But if you have 15 kids, how are you going to do that? I guess you got an audience. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I performed for less as a comedian, and I can tell you, I, don't, I almost would have rather shot in front of less people. <laughs> I think probably in these homes, they maybe don't. I, I don't. Would they even have bathrooms? Rat bites? Oh my 
God. Um, okay, so the winners. So Lucy Timlek, Kathleen Nagel, and Annie Smith and Isabel McLean received checks for $125,000 each, which is the equivalent to $2 million now. Holy smoker doodles. Yeah. Um, the two ladies that I previously mentioned uh, did get smaller funds in out-of-court settlements due to the fact that they're still born or illegitimate or unregistered children. That was the other thing. Unregistered were not considered in their totals. Okay. So a lot of like there was a lot of press about like, oh, it's causing women to just like get pregnant and have a bunch of babies they can't take care of. But most of the women said that they would have had large families anyways, despite despite them already living in uh, poor conditions and in poor, you know, not having a lot of money. So maybe there's an extra kid or two, but really this was going to happen anyways. Uh, all four families that uh, got the money moved to more spacious houses, but little in the way of conspicuous spending, product endorsement, or public appearances. Okay. So, okay. yeah. If you compare that to a the uh, Dion quintuplets, this is me just going off memory, but definitely public appearances on that end. Um, obviously, like, Kate and his name again uh kate john and kate plus eight john and kate plus eight they they had tons of public endorsements public appearances all that stuff so i mean there is a i'm I'm actually quite surprised that they wouldn't have taken that because it is so expensive to have kids if i am remembering this correctly i think a kid costs a million dollars Oh, uh, yeah, my buddy actually has a really great joke on this, so I don't want to, like, steal any of his material, but go check out Todd Ness. He has, like, a great joke about how raising a kid is, like, basically uh, $400,000. He talks about, like, how, like, that's not even an Olympic kid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that kid's not going to hockey class or hockey class. Yeah, that's just, like, your... Hockey school? Hockey school? Hockey? You doing hockey stuff? Hockey play the hockey slap shot school um no (laughs) (laughs) he's just so anyways it's a great joke but it's a very accurate sort of representation of truly like what it is to raise a child it's very expensive like it's not like if it's just that also people think that like raising a child ends at 18 and that's only kind of if you're bad parents because (laughs) (laughs) because i i honestly like my my poor parents who are like I stopped, like, I, I made enough money from 21 to 30 to live very happily. But then I just right. want to be a comedian. And then I had yeah. to dip back into their <laughs> love for me. <laughs> which, yeah. Which was paid back. Every cent has been paid back. But surely, yeah, like, okay. it's always at times they don't expect, you know? Like, yeah. so it's like, you know, it's it, they're still, by definition, raising me at 35 years old. Oh, yeah. My mom is still uh, emotionally... And somewhat financially supporting me still. Do you, I hate to ask this. Do you have a news story? Oh, I do actually have a news story, Carla. You'll be shocked. <laughs> I want the listeners to know that I hate doing the news story. And um I'm not I I'm not sitting idly by anymore and not telling people how I feel. Um, yeah. but here's this was a fun one because I did think of this earlier. Was, well, we are we are considering doing some changes to that aspect. Yeah, we would love uh, to so like, let us know. What do you think? Yeah. 
if you have a uh, if you think we should cut the news story or if you think we should uh replace it with something else or keep yeah. it as is let us know i'll put a little poll up on uh, instagram oh yeah that's good that's good yeah because we just are doing a lottery episode oh. <laughs> if you participate in the poll yeah you have a chance to win some merch oh yeah you'll win merch this is the thing yep we're gonna, gonna decide which merch well we'll put it on the thing when we're yeah so if you out. help us vote then you're part of the lottery and then we'll deliver mm-hmm. it to your house if you live in Cal- if you live in calgary if not we'll mail it to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> um okay so Sorry, this is the news thing. no new yeah in the news with Brittany Lightsing. In the news. I was interested to see because I was laughing at all of these different COVID lotteries. Right. Um, yes. Which are the vaccine lotteries. Uh, if you uh, get your vaccine in a lot of places in North America, you can enter a vaccine lottery, which you then are eligible for different prizes. <laughs> So these prizes, so not just saving the lives of your human, yeah, co-humans, yeah, not just guess what, that ain't a prize for most people apparently. Not just saving your own life because potentially you'll be, you could be one of these people that dies, mm-hmm. but also saving you. No, you're gonna need. So, oh my god. So there are so this in every province and state there's different things some of the state incentives which are funnier than the canadian ones because the canadian ones are just like hey like you could win a vacation or you could win a million dollars or you could win a hundred thousand dollars like it's all money and then just like you know like a vacation or something like that yeah uh alabama the talladega super speedway is offering people uh 16 and older to uh to be vaccinated the thrill of driving uh their car or truck on a 2.66 mile track uh drivers Ooh, i'd do that i would actually you know what i'm so fucking into f1 right now that i oh, would yeah. love to race a car in any way like i'm obsessed. i know we need to find someone tell us how we can race cars in we'll just go anywhere in alberta well there's a there is a i mean there's the the calgary speedway which was i don't know if it's still there or not but i mean yeah, i don't know i was went for music festivals there yeah they used to all the time but i want to just like i want to race like a like i mean truly i i understand i'll probably never be able to be in like an f1 car or whatever mm-hmm. or like you know like a but i'd love we've to. talked about me racing porsches before and that that was so exciting to that's me. amazing i yeah. was so that so, something like that yeah please anybody who knows where we can fucking race a car we'd love to do it we don't uh, want to do go-karts we've done go-karts we want a real car so the ex- in arkansas the executive branch state uh of employees will get one do- who get at least one dose of the covid 19 vaccine will be eligible to receive a hundred dollar bonus so just like yeah. different places like like honestly like workplaces or like if you get it we'll give you a hundred bucks oh um because those are i think both of those places are places that are not doing well right now right well california who's doing all right it'll be yeah there's there's lotteries there 10 winners will be selected on june 15th so this is obviously an old article uh, to win cash prizes of 1.5 million dollars each so 10 winners of 1.5 million Nice. Uh, any californian ages 12 years and older who has had at least one dose will be eligible to win Oh no, you don't want a thirteen-year-old winning one point five million dollars. I like it, dude. That'll be bad. No way, dude. I like it. It's the it's the whole <laughs> plot of 
uh, Blank Check, which is one of my favorite, ah, yes. favorite childhood movies. <laughs> it's like, this is my, I I actually only want a 13-year-old to win. Mm-hmm. I think it's so mm-hmm. funny. Um, so, or like, so this is still in California. 30 winners will be selected uh, uh, on $50,000 Fridays. 15 winners will be selected on June 4th. And 15 more will be chosen on June 11th to win $50 cast prizes. So, again, this is a, a retro, retrospective. But um, the next 2 million Californians who begin to complete their COVID ni- uh, COVID-19 vaccinations starting Thursday will be eligible. So, it's all, like, time-sensitive. Like, so they keep putting these right. out. So, they're like, okay, so this is California. I'm just looking Colorado. Uh <laughs> It's like all Colorado comeback cash. There, that's Ooh, another cash lottery. Like a little alliteration. <laughs> yeah, the, oh Colorado always doing it. Um, and it's it's Colorado's ages twelve to seventeen. So that's a specific. No. one. Yes. Oh my god. Can win fifty thousand dollars towards college tuition, college their college tuition uh, or post secondary education. So that's a little I don't more know responsible. Twelve year olds are going to enter that. <laughs> I would hope a lot of 17-year-olds would want to enter that, but 12-year-olds are like, I want money. So there's things as little as, like, um, make a a splash to get vaxxed, and this one's, like, honestly, like, like admission to an amusement park. Uh, Well, yeah, like, some of them are like, you can get beer if you get it done, too. Honestly, this goes- I didn't get anything for my vaccination. This is just the just the happiness of saving my fellow man. Yeah, I mean, but also like I love people who are saying this too. Like, I only wanted to save my family. Like, yeah, I did want that, but I'd also love a million dollars. Yeah, so exactly. like, <laughs> like I'm not bummed out. Like, if you honestly, did you enter the Alberta, Alberta one? Yeah, and I just I just entered a uh, uh, it was called Outdoor Alberta Outdoors as well. Had another one. Oh, so I entered that nice. because I was like, oh, this is fun. This yeah. is like, uh, yeah. Like, it's, I was going to get it anyways, but this is a treat. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, each state, th- these are mostly states, uh, but honestly, like, it goes on and on and on. The Alberta one, I know specifically, is, like, uh, Alberta Outdoors, which is, like, travel packages to Banff and Jasper, and those are the only places we're traveling to oh, in Alberta, right. but... <laughs> <laughs> you can win a um, you can win a, a red deer package where you get to oh, I don't know herd, not being red deer herd cattle oh fun yeah so anyways Is there a racetrack or something in red deer we were supposed to go we were talking about going to oh I don't know. oh no there was a um, there was a oh, water a water R- lazy river lazy yeah. river oh, yeah. yeah so anyways um, um I, I implore you to go check out some of these lotteries that's pretty funny like there's there's honestly like you can win a shotgun in some of them you can win, ah, of course yes that makes sense you can win that makes sense you can there's so much stuff that you can just win like it's so funny and I, it's just in truth people are just i i don't i don't think this is a bad thing like i think people are just trying to get, oh no it's just any sort of incentive to get the dummies to do it and they're like yeah. please for the love of god and some people are just being lazy. Like, they're just like, oh, I'll get it. I mean to get it. I just haven't gotten it. Any kind of incentive to get those people, yeah. that's the really important. The people that are doing the other things on their Facebook. Yeah, yeah. 
beat it. That's going to be a harder, harder one. Harder sell for sure. Episode to get to the drink. Well, this is very like, I don't know a whole lot about the Dom Perignon thing. I mean, obviously I know it's very expensive. It's like $300 a bottle. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a monk involved. Oh my God. There's so much stuff. So like, so just to go for like, so why we chose sort of lottery is because in the first part, as you, uh, if you, uh, the big thing to do is just splurge unnecessarily yes um also just like this is this was funny to me because i i thought it was a little more like cliche because the truth is that you could get more far more expensive products or more expensive booze like you could buy bottles of wine for like a million dollars or you could buy and maybe one day we will do that (laughs) or you can buy you know you could get a bottle of scotch an aged scotch that's like you know Mm -hmm. like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars but this seemingly is just like the thing it's like the showy thing that you can do at a lower level where you can be like i'm rich and i think this is like if you were poor I think, yeah. and then became really rich. I think this is what you would think being rich is. This is what I would, yeah. like, for me specifically, I'd be like, I bought a bottle of Don Perignon. Yes. Um, it's, and I mean, it's very big name brand. Um, it is kind of, I think they call it like an ex, an accessible luxury. Right. It's like, like it's not going to break the bank. It's not going to. I mean, it really won't. I mean, so I looked it up. I went to just like LCBO, which is the Liquor Board of Ontario. That's their typical store there. So I just want kind of a central store to figure out what it would be. You can buy a bottle of Dom Perignon uh, Brut Vintage Champagne, which is $274 per bottle. Um, okay so that's i mean it's... willow park has it for 2.99 by the way sorry just uh, <laughs> so here in Calgary. here in alberta it's a little park. more it's like the dentist if you go to the dentist in alberta it's for some reason 20 dollars more but mm-hmm. in our minds it's like oh if you won the lottery and you needed to buy something that you thought was expensive right away like perhaps you would buy a bottle of dom Perignon. Yes. Um, so, Carla, I, I I came up with a little history uh, on on who Don Perignon is. Perfect. Uh, oh, should we mention that we're not actually drinking? Don oh Perignon? yeah, we should mention that we're not drinking Don Perignon. We, we don't have that kind of money. Oh yeah, we ain't got that kind of cash flow. <laughs> uh, we're, I'm, I'm drinking a combination of uh, Costco Rose Prosecco <laughs> and Budweiser, and I've been. Hitting both of them pretty equally, which is not yeah. probably going to be good tomorrow. But I am. I have an interview tomorrow for some sort of thing called creativity and uh, something about me, how I let, how I became successful being creative. Oh, <laughs> but I'm not good. A, I'm going to be hungover for it. Um, I'm Uh-oh. I'm just drinking uh, your your typical uh, La Marca Prosecco nice. from the liquor store, fifteen dollars a bottle. <laughs> Yeah, which I think we did in wedding. Listen, any chance we can substitute an expensive liquor for prosecco, that's what we do. So yeah, yeah. Don't get on, don't get all up on our D's about it. All right. No, you can buy us a bottle of Dom Perignon and send it to us. But <laughs> yeah, have you ever have you drunk? Have you had Dom Perignon? I don't believe I have. No. Uh, yeah, I I've never had it. Have you ever had it? I have, but I'll tell you the story at the end of the drinking podcast because it's uh, yeah, like I don't think it's, it's good. About, it's not great, and it got ki- me kicked out of a bar, <laughs> which has never happened to me since or before. Um, so I'll give you a little history. So Dom Perignon uh, was actually a monk. Uh, right, he lived from sixteen thirty eight to seven fifteen. 
he was oh, a, he's old. Yeah. That's a lot older than I thought. Okay. So he was a monk and a cellar uh, master at the Benedictine Abbey in uh, Hot Villers. Uh, he pioneered. A, I, I said that like it was German. German. But it looks German. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Spell, H a it's, it's French, clearly, but it's H-A-U-T-V-I-L-L-E-R-S. Oh. I would pronounce that. Yeah. Ew. That sounds German uh, to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he pioneered a number of winemaking techniques around 1670, being the first to blend grapes in such a way to improve the quality of wines. So he balanced one element with another in order to make a better whole. And right. deal with the number of imperfections and perfecting the art of producing a clear white wine from black grapes. So he did it by a clever oh. manipulation of presses. Black grapes? Yes. So like what? well, so there is like a like a variation of grapes where they're quite dark. They're not yeah. they're not quite they're they're probably a little more purple in look, but they're yeah. darker grapes. So in this they call it black grapes. Okay, cool. So uh, he did it by clever manipulation of the presses, enhancing the tendency of champagne wines to retain their natural sugar in order to uh, naturally induce a secondary fermentation in the spring. Being a master at deciding when the bottles uh, to bottle these wines and to order and to capture the bubble, like it, like it's like a it's an insane process where they have to like decide when it's gonna bubble. Oh. So, like, if you're inventing this process, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you're not going, like, oh, yeah, just, like, read the manual. It's, like, seven weeks in. Like, the, this was, well, like, honestly, somebody watching it and then deciding when. So, he also... So, sorry, can, I I may have no. gotten distracted. Um, What causes the bubble? It doesn't say. So, no. he... I, I, I have another thing to go to after this, and it might give us a little okay. insight. Sorry. But I will can't promise it because i've been drinking and i can't remember what i read <laughs> i'm like i'm like you could have 100 said that yeah, i have like, no clue like, <laughs> this is why we can't remember what we do in an episode i know i'm always like any of the facts are i'm like i don't know um we'll remember them when we're drunk again right apparently isn't that a thing yeah i think so it's like acid it's like acid um <laughs> Not acid reflux. Just That's like what I acid. have. Yeah, acid <laughs> reflux. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> oh, that's actually uh, note that down. That could be a good bit. Um, oh, acid, acid reflux, and acid like <laughs> memories or whatever. I just can't think of the word. Uh, so oh, I um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I put reflux down. That's... <laughs> God damn. Let's do an episode on acid reflux. <laughs> we should. It's a fucking life event. <laughs> Uh, once it hits you that's the end of your world guys 100 percent. it's just like you're like oh i guess i can't do anything now great um yeah so you he, know when you and your friends used to like go out and like share lipstick now me and my friends go out and we share low sack uh, <laughs> <laughs> anybody need uh antacid just do you need lipstick or low sack i said low sack my guts are burning so uh sorry he had to decide when the Bubble oh yeah, to time. capture that bubble was, I mean, he was, it was his own process. He was like, oh, I'm just going to like figure out when this is going to go bubbly. Um, so huh. aside from that, he also introduced corks instead of wood. Which were oh, fastened to I the, didn't know that. Yeah, which were fastened to the bottles with hemp string soaking in the oils 
in order to keep the wines fresh and sparkling and used thicker glasses to strengthen the bottles. Right. I have heard about this, that it, so they it were was, prone to exploding at that time. Yes. Like, <laughs> that it was quite dangerous. Yeah. Like apparently. all of a sudden, like things would just like over process or over bubble and it would be like, and just explode. In the and apparently if you don't turn like part of that, that keeping that to not explode is you have to turn them. Uh, yeah. Like, so if you think about them in a wine rack, um, you have to turn the bottles a little bit just for whatever. I think. You yeah, have to well, probably so that, so that, so that, so that, that, that fermentation didn't bottle up at the top, you know? Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the development of sparkling wines as a main style production in Champagne. So Champagne is, uh, if you don't know, is a region in France, um, and that 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 these wines and uh, obviously Champagne was named after. So uh, the production in Champagne occurred uh, progressively in the 19th century, more than a century after uh, Don Perignon's death. So oh yeah. Shit. So the first vintage of Dom Perignon was in 1921 and it was released for sale in 1936, sailing to New York on the liner of the Normandy. What? Yes. The brand, not exploited, was given uh, by Champagne uh, Mercier and to uh, Moet in 1927 as a wedding uh, or for a wedding between the two families. You're, I, am I blowing your mind, Carla? You're blowing my fucking mind. <laughs> so as we call it in the UK, Moe. Yeah. When you want a little fancy, you go Moe, love a little Moe. <laughs> uh, I, that's in, so at that, okay. Okay. So in, I did not know it was a wedding, was, uh, like a, a merging of family. Yeah. So in 1935, 300 bottles of the 1926 vintage per, uh, per, per, cursor oh the precursor Brittany, say a word the word is precursor <laughs> Brittany learns a new word it's precursor, precursor. it means before um <laughs> <laughs> so in 1926 the vintage precursor to dom perignons were sold at simon's brothers and co and the company was imported the the moet do you guys say moey or is that that that's, that's, like, that's like a, like a slang yeah that's a slang okay yeah like <laughs> Uh, like they say Mickey's okay. for McDonald's. So. Yeah. Uh, in the United Kingdom, who gave two bottles to each other for 150 best company or customers to commemorate their uh, centenary. So they're whatever, they're 100 year or whatever. Huh. So, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, oh, I was going to tell you as well. Uh, while these bottles were almost identical to the subsequent Don Perignon releases, they did not display um, the Don Perignon name. Rather, Champagne specifically sh- was on there. So it didn't say oh. Don Perignon. It said Champagne. So, like, it was almost like, that's the thing. They were saying, like, this is the original Champagne. So, okay. So Don Perignon is like a brand. Didn't come about till... Yeah, the late 1900s. Yeah, sure. but he, they had he, been. He, they were just putting the region of which this this method was discovered in, which, which then there's a whole other thing where it's like this wasn't just only discovered in Champagne. This just was the first, um, sort of like Dom Perignon became famous. Essentially, it was like it had a good publicist. <laughs> right. Yes. Is really what 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 became, which is half of what we learn about most things most things just 
this prison out of Yeah, this, like, I mean, so, like, to go on here, like, it goes on and on, truly. It's, like, the wine got immediate attention in the marketplace in 100 boxes. In the 1921 vintage were shipped to the United States shortly after thereafter. Uh, this displaying the Dom Perignon name. Jason Buckham okay. Duke, the billionaire who had founded the American tem- uh, uh, Tobacco Company, had ordered 100 bottles for himself. Ugh. The 17 bottles sold at auction in the Christie's auction in New York City in June 2004. So obviously, this uh, were part of that order. And according to oh. the current Don Perignon seller master, Richard Goffrey, uh, who has been uh, chef de Kev for Don Perignon since 1990, the 1921 vintage had a very distinctive. Uh, bouquet comprising of sandwood, uh, sandwood, vanilla, and praline. I guess I don't remember. Oh yeah, like kind of like raisins. Yeah, like that's like what it would taste like. So it's like it like. Could you still drink it? Did he say if you could still drink it? I mean, obviously you're not going to, but. Uh, I'm just sort of skimming ahead here. I, Sorry. I would imagine that you could still drink it. Like it doesn't really go bad. It's corked. It's whatever. Because I know white wine goes bad. But it doesn't obviously have bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Science. Science. <laughs> Math. Science. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, it's pretty crazy. Like, it, I mean, it yeah. this goes on and on and on. I'd like to see what those bottles sold for. Um, If I can find that. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a thing. Um, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Stuff You Missed in History Class, uh, they do like a, I think it's like a quarterly thing now where they call, um, it, it's things like that have been unearthed. They have an unearthed episode and uh, it's just kind of about a bunch of historical little articles, but they always do things where they find like crazy old bottles of wine or like foods or whatever, but the question is always like, oh, you found like wine from the Romans. Uh, so I was part of this movie. shouldn't drink that. I was part of this movie club during COVID where we'd like uh, recommend and watch movies. And uh, one of the things was that we watched a documentary called Sour Grapes. Which oh, <gasps> I love it so much. Which was me too, because it's kind of like takes the uh, prestige and sort of pretentiousness out of uh wine collecting and and like yes. fake valuing and all these things so i mean i don't want to ruin it but it's it's this great no. documentary about essentially like if you if you haven't seen it did, like literally pause the show and go watch yeah it. it's like fraudulent wine sales so you should check it out. and i was it was just at the time that i was starting to get because my old company has a wine beard but i was learning about the sort of high-end wine stuff and watching that makes me feel just i don't know it tickles my heart in a way that just makes me feel nice inside <laughs> it's just there is a thing of just like ah get them mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um yeah so but it's also much more interesting than that so just watch it but uh, uh yeah yeah so wow. i mean that 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 honestly like that doesn't even dive into the history of champagne and the region and everything like that that that's truly just the history of dom Perignon. so that's so neat that's so neat that it's before sorry it was it in the same region though and then the region obviously became famous for yeah it? obviously yeah yeah that's where he was okay. he was in the champagne region and it just the region became famous because you know he he had created this i mean here's the thing like 
not that we had ever talked about it, but monks are a very interesting thing back in that time, especially because a lot of the times, I would say like pre 1600s, most people couldn't read. And so uh, monks were the only ones could read and they did a lot of transcribing. And so you get like all these, like anytime you see sort of a, a medieval uh, book that has like all this really lush gold, bright blue colors of drawings and stuff. That's, that was all the monks doing that. Oh, so, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So they were, they were basically like kind of the modern transcribers or whatever, but they, um, I think they did a lot of other stuff on the side, like make wine or also apparently they make, um, what's the Scottish drink that's orange? Uh, oh, uh, iron brew. Iron Brew. Yep. <laughs> I think I think there were monks involved in that. Maybe not. There might be another Scottish one that they're involved with. I don't think it's true, but you know. Yeah. Monks make monk, monks make things. Monks make. I didn't know monks made things. Mm-hmm. Uh well, that's fantastic. They apparently created champagne. <laughs> yeah, which we didn't. I mean, holy Dinah, it's a whole thing. I I did not. I. Yeah, I didn't know it was before champagne. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but... So I have, like, just sort of a brief history on just basic champagne, which has nothing to do with this. It's just, like, a like sort of an overview. And they just say the sparkling version of champagne wine was discovered by accident. It all began when wine growers um, from the champagne region were trying to equal the burgundy wines. So, right, which is a very nice red wine. Yeah. However, they did not succeed due to the cold winters in the regions caused by the fermentation of the wine, which were uh, lying at the top of the cellars. So a cold climate ensured that a sleeping yeast cells awaked again in the spring and started fermenting, causing the release of carbon dioxide gas, which was coming from the wine bottles. At first, the wine bottles were weak and exploded, like we discussed. (laughs) Uh, Such a tragedy. But the ones that that survived were sparkling wine. Hmm. So that that answers your question. How was it? So I'm confused, though, because... Okay, sorry. You might not know this. Maybe we look it up. Generally, champagne is made with white grapes. I don't think I think it was they were trying to but you said they they were taking they were taken from black grapes initially. Yeah, and burgundy is like a very heavy wine. And the red burgundy wine. grapes were another one that they were taken from to they were trying to equal the burgundy wine so they would have used a darker grape at the time as well. Yeah. Um yeah, so I'm just going to google it. Yeah, let's know. let's figure it out for the for the peeps. You can make Champagne from red grapes. Real deal French champagne. This is from the Globe and Mail. Oh. <laughs> uh, real deal French champagne relies on three varieties. Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier, and Chardonnay. And Pinot Noir is a red grape. Yeah. I mean, it is a lighter red grape. Yeah, but it is still a... Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. Holy smokes. Did we... Holy crap. Very interesting. I'm glad we split Which, two episodes because you know I didn't. This is so cool. Also, do you know what is incredible? Is that mm. well, not incredible, but also just like explain something. My sister cannot drink white wine. She gets very right. sick. It like makes her like oh. ill. So, but she oh, can yeah. drink. Uh, she can drink prosecco. She can make. She she can drink uh, champagne. 
um, and it never gets sick. And I've always just like, I've always been like, what? Right. But this makes more sense. Oh. We're having a great time here. I don't know what everybody else is doing. So Get some champagne. Order a little Dom Perignon and skip the dishes. Hey, do you you have to? Yes. It's (laughs) it's not going to cost you $2.99. It'll cost you the $3 delivery fee. I uh, I do. So it's. $2.99 Two ninety nine plus three dollars. You can afford it. I, treat treat yourself. Treat yourself. Um, do you have any? Hey, uh, this is hey. this is such a weird episode, but I yes. guess we could get into the the fat the facts the the fun the facts. interesting facts. Yeah, yeah. It's so much more into weird insights <laughs> into our lives. We're so sorry. <sighs> this has been the anecdotal episode, uh, brought to you by uh, stories by us narcissism. Yes. And also Costco. Yeah. <laughs> and also because brought to you by Costco. Costco has given us alcohol. That, that should be our that should be our promo trailer leading in now. Uh, brought to you by mm. Costco and narcissism. You know what? People that don't like to talk about themselves yeah. should not have a podcast. No, Let's I, just who? What are you expecting coming into this? The next time you have a, a, a the next time you have a me party, please consider Costco and narcissism. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a good ad. I think so. Um, Americans spend seventy point one billion dollars in lottery tickets. This was in twenty fourteen, compared to sixty three billion spent on sports tickets, books, video games, movie tickets, and recorded music combined. Oh my god! But it's all interesting. Isn't that fucking insane? That's insane. Because it's like a, it's like you're not winning anything. You're never like at least with everything else, you're like gaining something. And and with lottery, you're just never. Honestly, there's one in a million. More often yeah. than not, there's a one in twenty million chance. Yeah, that you aren't you more likely to get hit by lightning or something? Oh, maybe? yeah, like way I more likely. I have an interesting fact for you. Okay. In 1981, Don uh-huh. Perignon was chosen. For the wedding of Lady Diana Spencer and Prince Charles. Oh. The Magnus of Dom Perignon, the vintage 1961, was served on that day that uh, of July 29th. And it that carries fateful it, day. And it came and it carries a special <laughs> insignia created just for the ceremony. Oh, cool. Yeah. But yeah, okay, Dom Perignon, that's what Queen's drink. Yeah. Maybe Queen Victoria could have drunk it because it was in the 1600s. She might have, but it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been of any report. So I, I got another one for you. All right. In 1971, uh, the Sheikh of Iran ordered several bottles of the first vintage of Dom Perignon Rosé, the 1959. <gasps> no, they have a rosé. Yes. Well, now I'm going to spend three hundred dollars. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> For the 2,500-year uh, celebration of the Persian Empire, a bottle of that champagne from that order was sold at auction for uh, $24,758, oh. uh, euros, not dollars, euros, in uh, yeah. 2008. Oh. Yes. Has, has anyone in this listening to this podcast uh killed themselves has anybody stopped and then jumped <laughs> off a cliff in the middle of this episode well we're sorry but we don't have money yeah, to pay your sorry. family out <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can't even drink down very back to the back to the lottery 
it sometimes is seen as a bit of a voluntary tax or a tax disguised as a game, which we kind of talked about, right? The, you know, you get to dream this stuff up. It's like a delayed um, uh, reaction and, and like expectation to it. Um, and as much of the money is paid into so much of the money for generally like for a lot of the states yeah especially and i think here as well is paid into parks education emergency responders uh a lot of the lotteries here you know there a lot of them are for charities here's the thing we were talking about so whether you take the the full amount or you get paid out as like in a in period installments if you die before your payment period is up, your next of kin will have to pay a state tax bill oh. on the whole amount, right? Whole- so, I think or not on the whole, but they they would have to pay an estate tax bill. So, a state tax, um, you, I don't know if you have to pay it from the amount that you receive or if you have to pay it before, to get the amount. I don't know hundreds and what it was, but anyways, a lot of people actually take out insurance like um uh death death insurance life insurance so that they can cover those costs because if you are getting 10 million dollars yeah. and i don't i don't know if this is 100 percent how this works but like and then you have to pay the estate bill based on that that amount of money rather than in the whatever 10 that you get here at the time. here's the answer to, the, to this question no one wants you to be yeah. rich <laughs> No, they're going to make sure that it's impo- It's almost as hard as possible, unless you know all the ways around it, unless you properly, like, you know, made sure this money can get to your next generation. They're going to make mm-hmm. sure that you don't get all of it, is what yeah. this is about. Yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious, because uh, companies don't have to pay taxes. Yes, yeah, so you can. Well, that's another go around. Yep. Hey, rich people don't really have to pay taxes. They've kind of figured out. They've figured out a way around it. They're like, "This is ridiculous." Yeah. Um. Hey, so I have a I have an answer to your question, Carla. Oh yes. Uh, how long does wine last? And it is far less than I thought it was. Oh. Okay. So white wine, one to you two years past the printed expiration date. Oh. I don't think my wine has expiration I've always heard like you should drink white wine within a year of you buying it. Yeah. And then red wine is two to three years. Right. Cooking wine is three to five years. Five. What's cooking wine? Cooking wine is like. <laughs> well, like. I, I like, know what cooking wine is, but I just. It's not a thing. Yeah, it's not a real thing. It's like. Uh, and then fine wine is 10 to 20 years. So, oh really? Yeah. So generally, wine should be kept in a cool, dark place with bottles placed on their sides to prevent the cork from drying out. If so, basically, what they're saying mm-hmm. is like ten to twenty years. It's not good anymore. So those people that are drinking like nineteen fifty-two, Burgundy, it would have had to have been bra. kept at the most perfect in the most perfect conditions for the being right. turned. And that's why people have wine cellars. cellars yeah. Guess. Honestly, it would have yeah. been ha- like you would have had to have been kept at the perfect temperature for that amount of time and being turned appropriately so the cork doesn't dry out and without doing that. And the whole thing with right. those bottles of wine, like the idea is never to drink them anyway. So, yeah. Oh no, they're like yeah. a they're like a piece of art, piece. basically. Uh they're a Van Gogh of 
Oh, that you can't sure. drink. Sure. Uh, but um, yeah. Some more positive things. Yeah. Uh, the UK National Lottery has funded, uh, so the money that they get, obviously, from the National Lottery has funded Billy Elliot, Ooh. the King's Speech, and the King of Scotland. Uh, so that's kind of a positive thing. That is a positive thing. And actually, if you, now I'm thinking about it, uh, it does have like a weird, um, it's like a, a two-finger thing. Like it has like a little icon that comes up now on a lot of film like british films and stuff so that's good uh according to camelot group which runs the uk national lottery so we you kind of already mentioned this but 44 percent of this is in the uk at least 44 uh, percent of winners lose it all and the national endowment for financial education says 70 percent uh go bankrupt in a few years that's not a positive thing, no that's scary but Sweden. Ooh. Sweden's going to sweep in with a good one. <laughs> so Sweden has speed cameras that not only take pictures of license plates of cars going too fast, but also ones that are going the speed limit. So you get entered into a lottery if you're going the speed limit to win a portion of the speeding fines from the people uh, that were going too fast. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So this is actually, there's a couple of different ones like this. Um, so... That's kind of a neat, neat thing. Um, although, like, I just got my first uh, speeding ticket, and uh, I just think of it as, like, a tax. Um, I think of it as a fuck you to my entire life when I'm trying to get somewhere. <laughs> it was in a, it, I, it was an, I should have not been going. I wasn't going crazy, but, you know. Yeah. Carla, get your shit together. Uh, it does show me, though, that, like, if this is my first one, what the fuck is Vancouver doing? <laughs> I've only been here like six months. Yeah, well, maybe it's easier to speed in Calgary because there's like a long distances that you can. No, this no, not this one. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, we're just being a bad girl. I would be in a bad girl. Okay. Uh, decimation, which we talked about the. Oh, good grief! What a long ago. walk to decimation. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? It's not happy. So this is in ancient Rome. If members of a unit were found guilty of cowardice or disobeying orders, so like fleeing from a battle or doing their own fucking thing, the leader of that unit would hold a lottery and select one man out of ten. And that man, he didn't he didn't get a prize. He didn't get a car. You got a kick in the nutsack. Until he was dead. Oh no, for real? <laughs> and usually by the other members of the unit. Oh, for real? I just made that up as a joke. No. Oh, so that's the crazy in theory. I just thought it's it was the shittiest to... thing you could do to someone. <laughs> that's no, mental. Kill them. Uh, so basically, what it would do is it would reinforce that if you left your unit, like you, let's say, like you just ran away, that whole unit was responsible for your bad decisions. So it kind of reinforces the idea of like being a cohesive sure. That's unit. I'm shocked I got it. To be fair, you to be you fair. guessed to be fair. You guessed kicking someone in the nuts in ancient Rome. I, I feel like be- that's just par for the course. Well, I'm honestly, I think I'm psychic, but whatever. Yep. Okay. okay. Surely. 
Oh, that's also an episode we're doing, but we're working on we're it. Working. We're working. It's a work it's a in work progress. In progress. Um, because it's controversial. Carla, please tell me you have 19 more facts. <laughs> I've run out. Oh, thank you. I'm so sorry, hey, everyone. This episode may close. <laughs> at this point, I feel like we've been going on for so many years. We can't We can't end it. No, it's got to keep going. But in the, <laughs> this is the episode that never ends. It goes uh, on and on, my friends. my friends. Some people start. Is that a Canadian thing? Yeah, it was from uh, Little thing. Lamb Chops. It was a... Uh, it was from um, a Canadian broadcast company, and it was a Sherry something. No, it was Canadian. Pretty sure. Oh. I'm sure. I don't know if that for sure, but it was broadcast on some sort of Canadian affiliate, and yeah. they had lamb chops. <laughs> um, okay, here's the thing, Carla. Mm. Thank you very yeah. much for your facts. Your, okay. Uh, thank you very much for your uh, uh, presence. <laughs> Thank you very much. For- I'm so sorry to everybody. If you've made it through this, we will give you, uh, I don't know, a hug. Something. Surely there's only uh-huh. 30 of you. We could we could drive around town giving 30 hugs. Uh, it's probably just my mom and she's now mad at me for so many things. <laughs> um, uh, but for real, you guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate your uh, patronage and your listenership, and we love you very much. Uh, as always, thank you to Comedy Here Often Podcast. I got the great pleasure of hanging out with Dan Duval, uh, who is, uh, he runs the whole network and he also has yes, his own podcast amazing. on the network called the hate locker, which you should tune into because I got to watch him do stand up all week long. And it's honestly, what a treat, uh, what a great human. And so check him out and, uh, uh, continue checking us out. We love you so much and we can't wait to uh, see you next time. Cheers. Thanks guys. Bye.